Yes, we just want to help. We want our kids to realize that things aren't as bad as they think. I mean, we have so much more experience if they would just listen. It's something we think a lot. And it's making you struggle and connecting with your kids. And then the older your kids get, the less effective this type of parenting can be. So how do we help our kids with changes in life? How can we be there for them when they need us and they'll come to us when they need us? That's our conversation today to make sure your kids don't say to you, Dad, you're stressing me out. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm excited you're here. We're talking about helping our kids with transition and the stress that comes with it. Specifically, that move from elementary age to middle school age. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an almost eight-year-old daughter. Her name's Naomi. In fact, she's going to join us at the very end of the show for the Kids' Corner. She always shares her ideas and thoughts, and you'll love that part. I started Positively Dad just about a year ago to be a resource for dads, and we do two episodes every week. You're listening to our Monday episode where we, you know, just talk to an expert about something that's going to help us become better. And then every Thursday, I talk to a dad about being a dad, so you want to listen to those as well. And I thank you for listening. Most recently, we're the number 91 parenting podcast in the United States, number 77 in the UK, and that comes from you listening and sharing it with others. And I think today's going to be one worth sharing. Our guest today is Dr. Kelly Tu. She's from the University of Illinois, and she and her team did the research on what's stressing kids out and how we as parents are sometimes contributing to that stress. And she says, as kids grow up and, you know, they begin puberty and, and make the transition to middle school and all that stuff, we can do more harm than good. So it's important for us to have this conversation so that we can be parents who intend to support our kids and help them navigate all that comes with growing up. So let's get started. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. And your study is really great. I think it's really helpful for parents because we already we already think of that transition to middle school of being a little bit awkward. I don't think anybody ever says, you know, ooh, my favorite three years of my life were middle school. And, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and parents want to help, and you found that sometimes parents do help and sometimes parents really don't help. Right, yeah, and so it really is thinking about um, individual differences for the kids. Um, how are they responding to these changes that are um, occurring as they're transitioning to middle school? Are they really stressed out about it? Do they seem pretty cool about it, calm? And so thinking about how do you approach um, kids who have different reactions or responses to stress? So you guys did the research on it, and that's what we always do. Our Monday episodes are always talking to experts and people who've done the research. So tell us okay. a little bit about your study so that our listeners can understand that, and then we'll dive into you know, some of the questions that I have from it. Sure, yeah. Um, so for our study, we were looking for families who are about to have kids um, transitioning to middle school. So we brought them in in their last year of elementary school, and we wanted to get a sense from both the child and the parent perspective, what kinds of uh, stressful social experiences are the kids um, having? And uh, looking at the different experiences that they're having, having the the parents and the children talk about these experiences. And we asked them, just talk about it like you normally would, however you would approach this um, topic. Um, and so 
we were able to get at how kids were responding physiologically. So what was changing um, with their skin conductance or their sweating while they're recalling these stressful experiences and talking about it um, with their mothers specifically. Um, we also had mothers complete um, surveys where we gave them some hypothetical scenarios about, you know, how would you advise your child to um, handle this, you know, a given situation. So being excluded by peers, being um, picked on or, um, you know, having some anxiety about meeting unfamiliar peers. And so they had a range of different um, options of, uh, I would encourage them to, um, you know, approach the problem head on, try to be really friendly, uh, maybe ask for help in dealing with the situation, or, you know, I would just let my child handle it on their own. I think they might know like what fits them best. Um, and so we were able to take a look at how those things um, corresponded in what made things um, better for some kids and what made things worse um, once they made that transition to middle school. Interesting. And, and the thing that, you know, we, I guess we know and your study confirmed is that we all handle stressful situations differently. And yeah. so, you know, I guess parents... I guess what you're finding is that parents have got to kind of understand how their own child handles stress, right? Right, yeah. And so um, what we found was that for kids who are who are exhibiting signs of like high anxiety or arousal in, in recalling these situations, um, they really needed some space and time to process. So when parents gave advice of, you know, get in there, um, you know, try to resolve the problem, you know, tackle the problem head on, um, it actually made things worse over time. Um, so we actually saw um, more negative peer experiences after they transition to middle school. And what we're thinking is that, you know, for these kids who are highly anxious and aroused when it comes to um, peer stress, uh, you know, they may be just overwhelmed um, from parents' uh, suggestions to, you know, tackle the problem head on. And they might need a little bit more time and space in figuring out what works best for me in this situation, trying to, you know, calm down um, and reduce that arousal before trying to resolve the problem. So that's or, really, yeah. that's really fascinating, uh, Kelly, because I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't have a middle schooler. I have a second grader, except when she comes yeah. to me anxious about something, I mean, my response to her is, you know, well, you can do it. I mean, I, I believe in mm -hmm. you and, and I'm here for you. And we, and one mm -hmm. saying we have in our family is feel the fear and do it anyway. And, and now mm -hmm. I'm going, wait a minute, that could, I mean, you're, what you're saying is that might actually make things tougher for her. So it could. So I think when you're talking about the messages that you're giving her, like trying to boost her self-confidence, um, I think that could be helpful. Um, I think it's the pushing them uh, to say, like, okay, let's take care of this, like, right now, um, mm. versus maybe having these. So it's a, this process. And that's what um, one of the things that I'm I'm looking at in the future is, you know, these experiences are not a one-time thing. Um, and so there may be continued conversations. And so there are some limitations to what we were looking at. Um, so this one-time kind of advice to these um, scenarios and situations. And so I wouldn't rule that out yet. Um, and I think there there's more to it. And I think there's more to be 
um, learned and unpacked, but it might be about like the process. So if you're first saying, you know, I'm here for you, like you can do this, um, and then moving towards specific strategies, um, that that is what we we're suggesting in the research may be like mm. the, the process that we need to engage in versus you hear about a situation and as a parent, okay, here's what you need to do, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You said in your study that some children need more support from their parents and others do better when they're more hands off. Mm -hmm. And so my question is, well, how in the world do we know which kid we have? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it comes with time and observations and being tuned in um, and just seeing how the child or your child is generally responding and reacting um, to uh, different uh, stressors, in this case specifically social stressors, uh, and just seeing over time like what is their general um, demeanor and approach and how they're responding, how they're talking about it. Um, I think that can also be helpful. So on the flip side, um, so these kids who are, you know, not reacting, um, I think when we're thinking about middle school, peers are such a huge part of their lives. And, you know, there's a lot in terms of like peer status, um, gaining peer acceptance, being liked by peers. I mean, most kids want that, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, so when they're faced with peer challenges and they may, so we're talking about their bodily responses. Um, they're not reacting. And so that may not 100% correlate with what they're doing or saying behaviorally. But if they're um, showing signs of like, you know, not distressed, you know, not making a big deal about it, I think still kind of checking in just to make sure that they are not um, expressing something in a different manner that could be um, a sign of uh, concern or a reason for concern. And so just having that check in, even with kids who say, you know, I'm fine, not being pushy about it, but just kind of giving them opportunities to open up um, and talk about it a little bit more um, if their initial response is to sort of brush it off. I think, you know, in some cases, or in some instances, we might think, oh, well, yeah, like if they're like brushing it off and it's not a big deal, then, you know, oh, that's good. Like, I don't want them to be, you know, upset or stressed about this. Um, but it may manifest in other ways that we want to think about, you know, are they, is it, they not stressed about it because they don't see it as a big deal. And so, but we know that peers are really important to them. And so is it that they're trying to save face and that maybe we need to think about, are they not attending to some of those social cues um, in a way that would help them to maybe behave or respond in socially appropriate ways or what kids would see as, you know, pretty typical or normal. And so that could set them up for, um, you know, more problems down the road if parents aren't helping to say, oh, well, here are some different skill sets for like how you could respond and giving specific examples mm. and having those opportunities to have those conversations um, for them to learn those skills. So that's the takeaway then is, you know, if we're going to help our kids out, um, I guess a couple of things to pay attention to mm -hmm. is number one, understand the difference between you know, mom, dad, I got it, and they do got it versus just leave me alone. So we got to understand the difference, I think, between yeah. that. And then yeah. and then we've got to be able to do more than just say, 
um, come on, let's go, let's go fix it. Like we've got to give them, I, you, you've said it a couple of times, specific strategies to help. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what coaching is anyway? And parents are yes. kind of coaches. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's more than just like, go take care of it, resolve the problem. Um, these kids might need specific uh, suggestions for like, what do I do in this situation? What do I even say? Um, You know, it even could be down to that level Um, and thinking about here are some examples of things that are, um, you know, that are like positive things to say or things that would help that wouldn't escalate the problem. And here are some things like if you said that, like that might make the other person even more upset and that could, you know, set you down a different path. And so just even being able to identify the differences there of how they're approaching the problem and that there are different ways. And in some instances, it could help to make things better and de-escalate the situation. And in other cases, it could make things worse. Yeah, I feel like even if we, role played this with our kids like if they've got a a tough conversation they're going to have with a friend then we could Mm -hmm. you know practice that conversation together to help them feel more confident yes yes and i think that's the other thing is for parents not to assume like i can give you this advice but also recognizing that yes some kids are you know they have the skill set they're really confident and they can go in there and do whatever you suggest and they could pull it off really well and other kids they might that might be out of their sort of wheelhouse and they might feel uncomfortable like i don't know how to you know sort of stand up to this person or you know be a little bit more um, assertive in what i'm saying and so they might need opportunities to practice that to build their confidence mm-hmm. to know like i can do this because you know mom and dad and i have practiced so yeah. Yeah. In in the time that you've researched this and looked at it, because I mean, this is what you study, right? You study yeah. these types of things. Um, what are the, some of the common mistakes that you have noticed that parents make, you know, with kids in this age group? Oh, that's a good question. One of the things that I've seen a lot is that parents, you know, they don't, they can see the bigger picture And so a lot of times when I'm talking with some parents, they're like, you know, it's in the grand scheme of things, it is not a big deal. Mm, Like, just get over it. And but to the kids and the teens, it is a big deal. I mean, they're living it and just where they are developmentally and cognitively, like these are things that are like that are really standing out to them. And so, you know, for parents to recognize that you know, even though you as a parent may know that things get better and it's not a big deal, it's a big deal to them. And that can go a long way in just showing your kids that you're um, recognizing that it is something that's stressful to them, that you're being responsive and you're sort of validating their feelings and experiences. And I think that would help to open up kids and teens being more receptive to their parents um, and actually listening to maybe what they have to say. We've got to remember what middle school was like for us. I mean, it was stressful, yeah. and there's so much going on. And I yeah. had um, I had a, a author, uh, Phyllis Fagel, came on, and she wrote a book called Middle School Matters. And she said, mm-hmm. quite frankly, middle school is more about social growth than academic growth. Right. And yeah. and and I mean, is that what you found in your research? And parents can help with. I think I feel like parents maybe focus more on what's going on with your schoolwork when maybe we could be Mm -hmm. focusing more on how we're helping them grow socially. 
Yeah, so I think um, in the work that I'm doing in this particular study, we actually also look at academic challenges and what the kids' concerns are about going to middle school, and then once they're there, what are the kinds of challenges that they're experiencing. And at least in our sample, it's been really interesting because they have similar um, numbers of concerns about um, their peers and academics um, going into middle school. Um, but once they get into middle school, it seems like the, the social concerns sort of taper off and it's more about the academic pressure and expectations. Um, and in the schools in our area in elementary school, there's not like um, like a letter grade that you're typically, you know, like you earned an A, you earned a B. It's more developmental, like have you mastered these skills? And so when they, but when they get to middle school, they are in this letter grading system and all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, this was worth points and how many points? And so I think part of it is just that change in the organization and the structure and learning that. Um, and so we are following these kids um, later through middle school. I haven't had a chance to look at that data yet to see, you know, whether that also tapers off. Um, and so I think it can vary by schools and individual experiences, but that was something surprising to us. Um, but in talking with the kids and the parents, it was about, you know, the kids didn't understand like, oh, if I don't turn this in, like points get taken off or now that I have a wrong answer, points get taken off. And mm -hmm. so that was sort of contributing to those um, higher reports of the academic challenges and expectations compared to um, the social. I think maybe they had such, um, like so many concerns or what they imagined, um, you know, the problems would be with their friend group or with their peer, the larger peer group may not have like lived up to that expectation. And so they're like, oh, like this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that's really interesting because I would have assumed that it would be the opposite, that they would be more concerned about what's happening with their friends. And then, you know, we're getting into boyfriends and girlfriends and all that kind of jazz. Like that would be way more stressful than whatever's happening in math class. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when we looked at um, for this data that um, was part of this research, that was like right after in the fall, right when they started oh. middle school. Mm -hmm. And so with the follow ups, we're looking at, I think, right before eighth grade. And so it'll be interesting to see how that changes as they've had more time. So if they yeah. had like you know, they've gotten through their sixth grade year. Um, so I do imagine um, there could be differences there that would be more consistent with what others have found and what you're saying and what we're thinking. Um, and it might just be because we looked at it literally right after they transitioned to middle school, mm -hmm. they're right in the thick of things, trying to figure things out, that that sort of overtakes the social stuff. Did you find any um, impact from social media or technology or anything like that that's had an impact on kids? And then are there things parents can do? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have um, tried to tap into things like um, cyberbullying um, as we're thinking about peer stress. And we're not finding really a lot of consistency. Um, it's kind of most of the students report very low levels. A lot of them um, at this point from fifth to sixth grade, they don't have their own phones yet. Some of them do. Um, and so those are not conversations that we have had um, 
with the parents and the kids directly um, at that age. Um, we have been thinking about that though. And so for the eighth, the pre eighth grade assessment, we did ask them about how much time, um, you know, do they have their own laptop, smartphone, computer, how much they're using it. And I had a student who was looking at what are the links between um, media use, um, the difference between like our traditional media use and social media, and the links with um, depressive symptoms and anxiety. Well, when you find it yeah. and you guys finish that, then let's have you back on because it feels like yeah. there can be some misinformation sometimes. And I'm always just, I like to go yeah. to the research and find out what is the data telling us so that we as yeah. parents know what we should be doing. There was a recent study that... Um, um, just came out that they were talking about this, yeah, this misconception about social media. And from my brief reading of it, what they were pointing out was that, you know, talking about these negative effects of the use of social media and technology, um, in terms of the results and the statistical significance of it, it wasn't explaining or accounting for a whole lot of um, adolescents, like mental health problems. And so they're talking about how it's sort of being um, blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, and so maybe we need to rethink, you know, how we're looking at this, you know, quote unquote problem. Is it really a problem? And so just revisiting that. So that actually just came out um, I think I saw it like a couple weeks ago. Okay. Well, we'll find it yeah. and, and post yeah. it too on our Facebook pages so people can see. Yeah. In the conversations yeah. that I've had in the last year, I've, I've found that most people are saying that this is not as big of a deal as we thought. It's just that, mm -hmm. I mean, we could have interactions in the hallway at school like what you and I would have had, right, where mm -hmm. it's just getting extended. Okay. Here's my question. Okay. And that is, I mean, and you, you and your whole team have devoted a lot of time and energy to this. Why is this so important? We all survive middle school. So what, what, what is so important for parents today to truly understand how to connect and help their kids? Yeah. Um, so I think this has come out in our conversation where you brought up technology and, you know, the landscape of middle school and the cultural context that we're in is changing. Um, so, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, we could have these interactions like we did when we were growing up in the hallway, face to face in person. But now with technology, you know, there are things being posted online or being shared via text messages, et cetera, that can't really be deleted and taken away. And so there's this like lingering, um, you know, information out there that, you know, these kids don't want or, you know, it's unflattering, um, embarrassing. And so that makes it harder um, for kids to sort of break away from it. And so while my study specifically wasn't focused on, you know, the, the cyberbullying and these experiences, um, the idea that that is a big part of kids' um, peer interactions these days. Um, they are communicating more um, online than necessarily face-to-face. -face. And so um, thinking about this changing landscape of what the relationships look like, and that's why it still matters. Yes, we yeah. survived, but we also lived in very different times. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I think that would be um, a, a real reason why we still need to pay attention to um, these issues because, you know, there's so much more going on for these kids um, than, than in previous generations.
Well, it's great stuff, and I'm glad that you're doing it. So for for all of our listeners, our dads, and, and we got moms who listen, too, for everybody, yeah. if there was one message you wanted to share with parents, like the most important thing they need to know to be able to help and support their middle schoolers, what is it? Yeah, it's to recognize that, um, you know, the experiences for your kids um, may be really challenging for them and to be supportive and open and sort of have that open line of communication, um, letting your child know they can come to you and just being supportive and validating and finding other ways to present um, different ideas and not shooting down, you know, what they're suggesting or what they're thinking. Um, and just keeping that, that will help keep the dialogue and the conversation going so that your kids will feel like, you know, I can, you know, we may not agree, but I can still go to my parents because they're going to at least hear me out and we can talk it through. Well, that's great advice. I, I thank you for sharing it. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like you just, you've got to take this opportunity and share with the dads who are listening? Um, I would say for dads, um, you know, be involved, stay involved, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I think, you know, not enough credit and attention um, has been given to dads. And even in my study, um, this was focused specifically on moms, but there's a lot of research out there that shows that, you know, moms and dads can do the same things. And sometimes, when the dads do it, it has a greater impact um, than when moms do it. And so if you haven't been really involved or in tune with your kid, it's never too late to start. Um, and for dads who are already, you know, in there doing everything, um, keep at it. Um, because I think it's so important for both parents to be involved or any parent to be involved. That's great stuff. Well, Kelly, if people, if dads or moms want to find more on your study and read about it, where can they find it? Um, they can go to uh, my website, uh, my faculty webpage at the University of Illinois, um, the Human Development and Family Studies um, faculty webpage. Fantastic. Well, thank you. You've shared so many great things with us. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for doing the research. And thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking with you. Great stuff from Kelly. Thanks to her. Here's some takeaways for me. You know, do we know when our kids are experiencing some stress? And then are we giving them the space to open up and talk to us? I mean, this is there's a lot that goes on in this age, this elementary to middle school type age. Uh, they're going into a new school. They're going through changes in their body, changes emotionally. They're maybe entering into relationships. The expectations of what their life's supposed to look like has gone up. You know, their sports have gotten tougher. The activities they're in are tougher. Now they're, the grades are tougher. The classes are tougher. I mean, you remember all this, right? So let's think about how we can support them. And so that's why this topic is so important. We're going to continue it next week. We're doing two weeks on this. We had Kelly today, Dr. Two today, and um, there's a lot of research out there that says that our kids, especially daughters, are more stressed than they've ever been. And so we're going to continue this conversation next week with Dr. Lisa Demore. She uh, wrote a book called Under Pressure, and it's really about how we as parents can help our kids with the stresses of growing up. It's really great info. So you want to come back next Monday for that episode as well. Let's wrap up the way we wrap up every Monday episode, and that's with a visit to the Kids' Corner. 
This is where our second grade daughter, Naomi, she's almost eight, just about a week. Uh, she shares her thoughts on whatever it is that's important to her. I just say, hey, Naomi, you want to do the podcast? She says, yes. She comes on, turns on the mic, starts talking. So this is what you get from her. Hope you enjoy it. Ever wonder what's on the mind of your children? Let's find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi Shine. Today I will be talking about, well, um, today at school I fell and hit my head on the concrete. And it's a little bruise, and I'm going to talk about that. Um, so this girl, like, wasn't looking where she was going, apparently, and running. And then she made me fall down. And all she had was she just hurt her toe. It was just like a little cut. And I had this huge bruise and a cut on my leg. And... Just so you know, for the kids, if they get hurt, just pop right up. And at the beginning, the bruise might just look a little black and purple. That's what happened to me. It was kind of scary because you don't know that that was going to happen. I learned that um, that you have to look where you're going, and it was an accident. That's it, Naomi. We're going to have a great day. And poor thing. She's got a pretty good bruise, too. And, you know, it makes me think, do we stress them out when that stuff happens? So when we find out our kid falls at school and bangs their head and they got a bruise, are we going nuts over it? I mean, certainly we're nervous and we want them to be safe and want them to be okay. And yet are we freaking them out? Because if you remember, KJ Delantonia told us a few weeks ago that they're going to go off our cues. We heard a little bit from Dr. Two today and we're going to hear it next week too. Our kids are paying attention to us, and how we respond and react to things will impact how they did it. She's good, she's fine, and it's no big deal at our house. We'll see, though, as she gets older, can we keep that attitude moving forward. Hey, I want to thank you for listening. I trust you've gotten some value out of our conversation today. My goal is to help us grow as parents, partners, and people. I think we're doing that. If you got value out of our conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with somebody. Just take the link and send it to them or invite them to follow us on uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We're there. Invite them to subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn or Stitcher or Google or wherever you're listening. Leave a review, too. That would be totally awesome. You know, we are getting more downloads than ever. We're going to have another month of well over 3,000, which for our tiny little podcast that spends no money and doesn't have a budget, it's all organic. I'll take it all day. My goal is to impact as many parents out there as possible, and I thank you for helping make that happen. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. I'm James Shaw. We'll see you. Bye-bye.